Welcome to another Gentleman's Briefly on the uh, League of Melanated Gentlemen podcast. You know, these are the shorter form episodes that we do. And um, I think it's about time for another comic book council. Uh, of course, I'm one of the hosts, Jordan. And today, you know, I got my, I got my guy with me. I got Brandon with me. Brandon, how are you doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Happy to be here. Yeah. So this is this is episode four, Comic Book Council. If you haven't listened to the other ones, I suggest you go back and listen. But this is where me and Brandon take three comic books each, and we just kind of uh, we just kind of break it down and talk about it, and talk about what we like about it. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to take too long. Let's go ahead and get into it. So Brandon, what's first on your list? All right, number one on my list is basically two issues. Uh, I'll kind of knock these out as two, but. Uh, it's Power Rangers uh, Ranger Academy. This is a new series by Melissa Flores. Um, this is kind of separate. I don't know. It's con- it's continued as part of the Power Ranger universe, but it is sort of this nice new, you know, arc they're doing. And I actually like it a lot. Um, and so basically what it is, is this, this main character named Sage and her dad live on a remote moon uh, out in the galaxy. Uh, and she actually takes care of sheep. Like they live a very humble life and, uh, a strange ship lands, crash lands on their, on their plant, on their moon. Sage goes to check it out. She actually finds two people in there, uh, and she saves them. She then finds out that they're power rangers and they're part of the ranger Academy. And they were supposed to be their Their mission was to pick up a recruit on a totally different, a new recruit on a totally different planet. But, uh, I guess the coordinates got off, landed on the wrong on the wrong place. Um, obviously, Sage saved them, so they were very grateful. But their um, ship was damaged, so they needed some help. Sage was like, "Well, my dad is really good with tech. He's really good, so he can help you guys out." So she takes him to their dad. The dad is annoyed. The dad is like, "What are you doing here? Why'd you Why'd you come here?" And they're like, well, we want to go to this place. And he's like, well, that was like 10,000 parsecs away. Like, you're way off. Like, how the hell did you end up here? And they're like, I'm sorry. These And these rangers are very are younger. So you could tell, like, they're not some experienced rangers. You could tell they're still in the academy. And he's basically like, I'm going to fix your ship. But as soon as I do, you need to get out of here. Like, immediately. You need to get off my moon, he tells them. And so um, they're like, dang, all right. But in the meanwhile... Um, Sage is like, hey, these guys, uh, you know, Sage, meanwhile, has never been to school, has never been to, has no friends, none of that, right? She takes care of, of sheep all day. And so she, and she like yearns for an adventure. And the Mathis and Toru are the two academy members. They're telling her about what they do at the academy and go to school and they train and they do all these things to eventually become Power Rangers. So Sage is telling her dad, like, hey, don't you think, be a good opportunity for me to go, you know, to this academy and, you know, learn some new stuff and get this experience. Her dad's like, absolutely not. You will not go. And he's kind of like, like aggressive about it. So you're like, okay, there's some hidden feelings there. And so he ends up yelling at Sage and she kind of is like, what the hell? Like, I guess he's never yelled at her in that way before. So she kind of freaks out. And the dad ends up fixing the ship, helps them out. Um and they're able to, they're able to leave and they don't get to say goodbye to Sage because she kind of freaked out and ran away so they're like man I hope she's okay so they get on the ship they leave then they they notice and then they start like messing with their ship trying to make sure everything's good 
on the way back, they find that Sage is hidden herself on the ship. So Sage comes out and is like, hey, guys, sorry. I just really want to be on this. I really want to be a part of the academy. And they're like, all right, just like your dad gave you permission, right? She's like, well, no, she didn't. Like, I'm just doing this on my own. And so they have to come up with this fake story for her to be able to even be accepted into the academy. Um, And this academy, once they get there, they kind of break down the academy. Man, it's, it's a really cool concept. Like, there's basically this big campus. There's like four or five different sectors, each representing a ranger color. So there's blue. There's a blue. For those who don't know, the blue ranger is usually the smart one, the problem solver. The yellow one is kind of the the female, like the heart of the group, like really like kind of low key, the captain, low key. The red ranger, like the obvious captain, the leader, you know, uh, Jason for the first rangers, blah, blah, blah. Um, And it kind of breaks down. So each. Um, school you go to you learn different skills and so she is going through all these she's very very new they kind of break it down to first year students she's basically like so think about if you're going to a grade you miss the whole first semester you come in you're a new kid at the second semester you have to catch up with everybody else that's basically what she's doing and so um she's going through this whole thing she's having a lot of issues she's struggling a little bit but then she goes to the library, starts trying to read up to try to gain more knowledge to help her. And she figures out her dad was a former Academy member. And it like shocks her. She's like, what the hell? Like, he never told me about any of this. And yeah. so that's kind of where they leave us at in, in uh, issue number two. And so we'll kind of see where it goes from here. But the, I, the story has been amazing so far. But honestly, the thing that excites me the most is just this story in general. Like, this is a new path. Panda Rangers have never done any of this before. They've never actually talked about, because they talk about how the Academy was created by Zordon. So, like, they've never talked about any of this before. So, this yeah, is like was, a brand yeah, new actually, Okay, so this is a whole new concept. Yeah, I was going to ask you, yeah. like, because normally, the, like, the Power Rangers are just chosen, right? They don't exactly. train, go to any Academy. Right. It, Honestly, this uh, I'm be honest. This sounds like a lot of um, uh, anime, and it's funny because like I just pulled it up from Boom Studios, who are the creators yeah. of it, and it says Ranger Academy is what you get when Power Ranger meets My Hero Academia, and I was like, yeah. this this sounds like an anime. Yeah, um, it really does. It's funny, like, and I see I see the different campuses and stuff that you're talking about right now. Yeah, like I put up an image of it. I didn't realize also like the colors meant something. I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, the colors usually mean something. Usually, the Green Rangers kind of. The funny one, kind of the, you know, heart of the group, but a little more funny. Um, and usually the Blue Rangers, like the one of the key members. So, uh, but no, I mean, the variant co- covers they have for this these issues were amazing, bro. One of the covers is just a, a different campus. So they had a basketball court. I see uh, that. Yeah, that was, like, it was fire. I was like, yo, what the hell is this? Like, the first time I saw it was on the stands and I saw the variant covers. And I was like, yo, what is this? I was like, yo, yeah. I got to see this. And then so I started doing my research about it and read up on it. I was like, man, this is. And honestly, when I first read it, I was like, yo, this could be a Netflix series tomorrow. This would kill. Like, you you don't have to have prior knowledge. Now, the cool thing is the professors in the classes are former Rangers. So uh, Leo, he was the Red Ranger. He He's the professor over the Red Academy. He was a former uh, Lost Galaxy Ranger. So, like, yeah. for those that are are tapped into the history it's like oh snap but if you're not it's not a big deal you know what i mean this is a brand sage is a brand new character it's nothing you don't need to know anything about her so like to me this is something that 
if they execute this right, this could easily be an animated series for Netflix. Like it, could, it would kill on Netflix, honestly. I, I definitely, I definitely agree. And like looking at the art, it looked like it would definitely work as like an animated series. Yeah, that's what it honestly reminded me of. Like reading it, the dialogue, um, it was, it was really funny, low key. Like I laughed a few times. So, like this is just, I think I'm just excited because it's like, oh man, like I, the comics have always been killing. But it was kind of more in the regular vein. This is more of a like a like you said, like a logical. Okay, this is how you got your powers. You weren't just chosen. This is how yeah. you got your powers. You you know what I mean. Some of these people, like some people, go through the academy. They don't become rangers. They're not good enough. And some people end up becoming rangers. So it's very like a logical way. Yeah, of so doing they, it, they so. can also like work in the background. You know, it's yeah, exactly. related, but they're not necessarily rangers. Exactly. Yeah. Some of them, if you're not the elite class, you don't necessarily become ranked. Um, and you earn your color, whatever that color may be. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Pretty good concept. So, yeah, it definitely sounds exciting. Um, OK, my first one I'm going to talk about is um, one I've been waiting on for a while since it's been announced. Uh, but this one is Predator versus Wolverine. Number one, uh, written mm-hmm. by Benjamin Percy. And uh, so, yeah, so the story starts off with basically Wolverine is being hunted by the Predator. So, like, right out the gate, we see Wolverine is already going against the Predator. Um, but this time, like, Wolverine is, like, hiding from him. And then he talks about how uh, this isn't the first battle that they've gone through. This is one of many. And so then from there, the comic kind of flashes back to uh, a younger Wolverine, kind of when he was um, he was kind of feral and just running up in the northern territory in Canada, uh, just kind of living off the land, really. Uh, becomes friends with like different animals like wolves and bears and stuff like that. Uh, so he just really wanted to like stay away from people. Um, but he needed to go into town. So he goes into town. He ends up like meeting um, this guy who asked for his help to rescue his son from like a group of bandits. Um, so as that is happening, we also see the first predator kind of come to earth, which I don't think this isn't the first predator comes to earth because mm-hmm. once this predator gets here, he sees in the ice, like another frozen predator that had been oh. killed. It almost kind of reminded me of uh, the ending of uh, of Prey when kind of like she killed that predator. I honestly like this panel reminded me of that. So mm-hmm. I wonder if that's, that's what they were trying to go for. Um, but anyway, so once this predator basically gets here, he starts killing like all the local animals. So he takes out a deer first. Then he takes out a, a mountain lion. Then he takes out a, um, a whale. Like He's just he's just testing his uh, skills just against different things. Right. Um, so then so once that happens, we kind of flip back to Wolverine and the guy who asked for help. And so basically they they get to the guy, um, to the people who have, you know, the dude's son and Wolverine just immediately kills the people because like, he's pissed because they run into like a bunch of dead bodies. And it's like, why are these people doing all this killing? So Wolverine kills them. So after Wolverine kills all of them, the guy who is helping immediately shoots Wolverine in the back and says, you know, thank you for taking out, you know, these guys. These were really my gang. And they kind of they kind of uh, turned their back on me. They took the money. So now I killed them. I'm taking their money. And so as Wolverine's finding that out, um, we see the Predator. Actually, so the Predator has been following Wolverine and this guy the whole time, but he's kind of been invisible. So mm-hmm. the Predator basically kills this dude, shoots him in the head, his head explodes, and Predator and Wolverine basically get into their first fight. So with the fight goes, Predator, uh, he he almost has the upper hand a little bit. Wolverine's also fighting back pretty well. And at this time, Wolverine also has his bone claw. So this is like before Wolverine has his metal claw. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so the predator basically <clears throat> cuts one of his claws in half, one of Wolverine's claws in half, while uh, Wolverine basically gets like a really good stab in on him. And mm-hmm. so Wolverine talks about how he has to retreat. 
Um, he says like sometimes like you know when you're a good fighter, you know when to retreat, but you're not necessarily running. You're just trying to get better ground. And so like while he's running, they're both kind of healing. Um, and then Wolverine kind of lures the predator into this uh this cave where he's been staying. And inside the cave, there's a giant bear. So the bear basically comes out, attacks the predator, and then from there it looks like the predator get, the predator gets dragged into the cave. Wolverine thinks that's it, so he thinks mm-hmm. well that's done. He's like. Man, that and to this point, that was one of the strongest, you know, uh, random people like our fault. Um, but then after that, we flash forward. So now we're we're to the point where Wolverine is in a team called Team X. So this is before uh, the X Men, and this right. is kind of when Wolverine first gets his metal claws, and so he's running with his group. So he has Sabretooth in the group. Um, he has Maverick, and then he has like two other random characters. So I, I didn't know who the two other one was. Um, I don't really remember them from Team X, but Anyway, so the as years is years in the future. So Wolverine kind of they're on a mission in some jungle, and then they come across a body that was kind of slain in the same way that the predator uh was killed. And so at this time, like Wolverine also has had his memory, you know, wiped a bunch of times by the uh, Project X, not Project X. What is it called? Jeez, um, um, I'm forgetting this. I yeah, I don't know. About. Yeah, I don't know why I'm forgetting it. But yeah, he's he's basically had his uh, mind wiped. Uh, a bunch of times at this point so when he sees the body like hanging upside down completely skinned blood everywhere it immediately gets a memory of like oh shit like i know what's going on so when that happens we see a predator shoot the little uh the net that you see in the movies that basically once it hits him it kind of like cuts him and kind of bleeds through him right so we we see that hit one of the other random members of team x and then we see in the background that the same predator that wolverine fought before came back and this time he has like five predators with him. So Damn. now that's how that's how the comic ends. So like we'll we'll pick up the number two. We'll see what happens from there. Yeah. I was just about to ask I remember like, a, oh snap we get to see Sabretooth? We get some two. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm like I'm excited to see like Sabretooth and Wolverine like because like they're teaming up at this point. And right. like I'm I'm excited to see them go against all these different predators. I mean we talked about on other episodes where Predator is like the ultimate team up. Like yeah you can do nice. predator versus alien predator versus anything. And mm-hmm. so, like, I was happy to see that this one actually goes, and I believe this one's going to be seven issues over seven months. And so, I think they're up to like number three right now. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, I'm playing kind of catch up with that one. But I was like, the art is real nice in this one, and I know it's going to be a banging battle, especially since uh, uh, Wolverine kind of has his battle claws now, and like the Predator has his Predator things. Right. And, like all through and all throughout the series, like we we keep seeing Predator like invisible, like using his thermal vision. Like he's been he's been hunting Wolverine for a while. And like gotcha. at the beginning, we see it looks like it was like almost the final battle because Wolverine was like tired, and he you could see his his body was beat up, like he had mm-hmm. his body like body parts were missing. It's like he like he was going through it with with Predator, um, so that's why it looked like he was kind of running in the beginning. But I'm super excited to kind of continue this series, um, and also I like Benjamin Percy. Benjamin Percy he's a, he's a kind of a good writer. He also mm-hmm. did like a couple of the um, the Marvel podcasts. Like he wrote, oh, yeah. uh, I think it was like Wolverine: The Longest Night or something like that. Um, so he's a really he's a really great writer. So, so. um, does yeah, he usually write X Men stuff? Yeah, he's wrote he's wrote um Wolverine uh, I think three times now. Um, okay, I don't know what else like major he's he's written, but like he's a he's a really good writer. Um, gotcha. so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him though. Okay, yeah, uh, I'm gonna need you to let me know how that, that battle goes. Mm. Yeah, I think he also he wrote okay, so I'll just I'll just put him up real fast. 
he wrote Ghost Rider. He's writing uh, the Ghost Rider came out in 2022. He's written a lot of Wolverine at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he written he wrote Green uh, some Green Arrow Volume One for 2017. Uh, he wrote some Teen Titans. So like he's been around. He's been around for the while. Gotcha. Okay. Um, my other issue I read. So obviously I read I read two for uh, Power Rangers Academy, and this one uh, I was really excited for this one. This is Transformers number one by Daniel Warren Johnson, one of my one of the GOAT, one of my favorites. Uh honestly, like I knew I, he's one of my, he's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite artist. But now that he's making comic books, I've really loved his uh his books, Power Bomb, I loved. Uh yeah. I heard his his run with Wonder Woman. I think it's Earth something. I forgot what it was called, but I heard it was a really good run. Uh, I heard Murder Falcon is pretty funny. Um, so I'm going to have to check out those. But all right. And on this one, Transformers number one, uh, it starts out with a kid named Spike. And um, he's basically in a bar. He, he's under, he's, you can tell he's underage. He's basically just looking for his dad. And um, he sees the dad. His dad obviously has been drinking, and he asked the bartender, like, how long has my dad been in here? And uh, the guy's like, since since noon. And so the guy's like, damn, like, you don't have to you have to snitch on me like that. But essentially, you could tell he's really going through it because he lost his son, and uh, Spike lost his brother due to an accident, being an astronaut, and things of that nature. Um, and so Spike, uh, they they talk, they talk back and forth or whatever. And so Spike and his dad have a little conversation and his dad goes off, uh, off to work. Spike and his friend, I forgot the friend's name, but they end up going off to, uh, it seemed like a junkyard. I couldn't tell. Yeah. It looked like a, yeah, like a junkyard and they're all, they're messing around or whatever. And, and, uh, they fall into what looks to be a, a ship, right? A huge, a big ass ship, honestly. Um, and then they look and they see that, oh, snap, like they see these robots, these big ass robots. And they're like, what is that? And then one of them wakes up. I didn't. Did you ever catch the name of the one that woke up? It's, it's Starscream. Oh, oh no, no, that, that was no. That, OK, so it wasn't Starscream. It was Jetfire. Sorry. Jetfire. OK. Jetfire wakes up. He then turns on the Teletron 1, which basically. Teletron. Yeah, Teletron 1. Or Teletron, and it basically starts rebuilding transformers right it just and gives them an earth form he said and you know he he pulls up coordinates and all these things and it's cool because it's like during this whole time that i'm gonna start telling the whole story you know transformers start to be rebuilt right but in this case unfortunately decepticons are the ones first to be rebuilt starscream wakes up this dude wakes up on one just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like he like. All right, I'll just start murdering people. Like I was like, yeah. damn. Put one um, through Bumblebee's head right away. Yeah, just, Bumblebee was still dead. Yeah, just put a hot one right in his forehead. I'm like, damn. And then uh, they get into it. Jetfire, Starscream get into it. And then um, Starscream is about to kill Jetfire. And then Optimus, bro. This is how I know I love Daniel Warren Johnson. My man has so many wrestling references in here. It was so good, bro. Hit him with a, a cold lariat, cold clothesline. Yeah, I saw, I saw to that. Start. <laughs> you saw that, and then I saw hit that. him with a 
Hit him with a German suplex, like perfect. I saw form. that. I saw that too. That, yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> bro. Perfect form. I was like, yo, that is, bro. I was like, yeah, this is my guy. I knew that he was my guy, and like, yeah, my boy started. My boy uh, Optimus was basically putting him through, through the ropes, and um, and then more Decepticons are showing up. Uh, and then I, you know what I really liked about this? I thought Dan Warren Johnson did a great job of like. Sometimes it's hard to get the sound effects, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, incorporating those into a comic. Sometimes ain't the, it's just kaboom, or you know, it's like, all right, bro, that that didn't really help me. But yeah. with this, it like told a story. When they handed the gun back to uh, Optimus Prime, it was like, Toop. and then you knew, like, the next page, he gonna start dumping on some folks. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, and then the changing. Of, everybody knows the classic Transformer sound. He did that really well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He did that really well. Just all the stuff. It just felt like it felt like I was watching Transformers on the big screen a little bit, just from the sound effects alone. Like I could hear them all in my head. And um, so yeah, essentially, Optimus Prime. You know, he's fighting off these Decepticons. He sees the uh, Spike and his friend. He's like, "What the hell are y'all doing here? Like, who are you? You know, what are you?" And yeah. he's like, "Okay, you are small, so of course I'm gonna try to protect you." Him and was it him and uh Jeffire still? They're, yeah, they're trying uh, to... yeah, and then and then Soundwave wakes up. That's right. Soundwave wakes up. They try to escape. Um they then transform, get out of there, and then um they end up Spike ends up taking them to a place that, you know, he's hung out for a while, but he knows it's a good little hideout. And um they're hiding out there. He basically talks to them a little bit about what's going on and then we cut back to the dad and his job the decepticons are trying to find some sort of natural resource the inter- that they could use the energon yeah, yeah. exactly they're trying to find something they can turn into to energon or find something that could replace energon for the time being and then you see who was that was it's like yeah his dad and a friend or something yeah his dad and a friend they're there they hear an alert. They hear an alarm. They go outside. Uh, I couldn't tell if that was Starscream. Was it Starscream, Starscream. or not? Yeah. Okay, it was Starscream. And uh, he's tearing things down, obviously. And, bro, homie ran out there. And he was, like, <laughs> trying to get in his car. <laughs> trying to get in his car. Starscream picked his ass up, bro. Squashed his ass like a butt. I was like, oh. I was yeah. Like, oh, shit. You saw the blood and everything. I was yeah. like, yeah. Damn. As as you can tell, this was one that I also read and I was also excited for. Um, yeah. Also, on the last, I think it was the last episode we did, I went over uh, um, uh, the first the first actual issue into this universe, the new Energon universe called yeah, Boy yeah. Rivals. And that's so right. this is where, when we saw that Jetfire first appeared there, mm-hmm. that's where the Jetfire came from. Because they talked oh, about I was wondering. Okay, yeah, yeah. That Jetfire kind of came from space, and so he gotcha. came from there. So, yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's how the two universes are going to start crossing over a lot more. That's um, dope. Yeah, I I really liked also the when they were talking about when the Decepticons, Decepticons that already fought against Optimus, they're kind of like, hey, man, how do we let him get away, blah, 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 and they're talking. And then one of them starts to mention Megatron. He's like, don't you say that man's name. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was that was like, Starscream. Star you know, hey, there's the, don't say don't say that name. Yeah, don't say that name, bro. I'm the leader. Like, I'm the guy. Like, you report to me. You know, and uh, that was really cool. 
And uh, no, Daniel Warren Johnson, bro, he just killed it. Like, I kind of already expected it. I'd seen, I follow him on Instagram, so I see a lot of his sketches and all that stuff. It looked beautiful. I was just wondering, like, how the writing was going to be. I thought it was top tier. Like, I thought, like, he was like, go, like the classic Optimus Prime lines, you know what I mean? Stuff he would say in the movies. I feel you, and I, I really, I really enjoyed that first issue as well. Uh, also, Spike is the is the main character from the original Transformers series. Like he was the only human for a long time, oh. um, so that's kind of good to see him again. And then, yeah, Teletron One is basically their computer system that they use to rebuild everything, and just it has like all the answers. And also in this book, you kind of get the sense of how huge all of the Autobots and Decepticons is because like they were like trying to pick move that gun and that gun was like way bigger than them it took like yeah. to even scoot it so like right. you know how big stuff is in this universe see and i like that i like when it's a clear disparity like i don't like it when it's like you know they try to dumb down the transformers to make them more relatable or anything like no nah, they should be huge you know what i mean yeah um okay. but no nah, this is this is top tier should we give ratings to these oh uh, yeah we can Okay, I will which, give. Which one to give Transformers? Transformers, I will give uh, the first issue. I'll get a. Yeah, I give one. it. A, I'll give it an eight, solid eight. Okay, I'll I'll let you rate that one since you reviewed it. Because I mean, if I I'm gonna give it eight point five, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we should. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's start rating this stuff. Yeah. Um. All right. So, mines is another one I've waiting for for a while. Uh, this one is. Uh, Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, uh, written by Brian Busalante. I think that's his name, or Busalante. I don't even know how to say his name. Uh, but basically, so the story opens up with uh, Superman proposing to Lois, and then they get immediately interrupted by Godzilla. Um, so like right out the gate, we see Godzilla, but we fl- we end up going to a flashback to twelve hours before, and Flash, Green Lantern, and Supergirl are basically all talking about how Superman is kind of like going super hard right now, just. He's going around the world, saving people, defeating all the villains. Like he's just putting his body into overdrive right now. And they was like, well, he's doing it because he wants to make sure everything is right for when he proposes to Lois. So we want to mm-hmm. make sure there's nothing, nothing in the way, nothing like that. And then we we'll, we we'll switch over to the Legion of Doom, uh, talking about how they've discovered where Superman's ice, uh, what's his ice castle? What is the name of his place again? Uh, the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, Fortress of Solitude. So they found the location of the Fortress of Solitude. So they end up going there and they end up entering it. And then so they're looking for a boom tube that can basically help them defeat Superman somehow. Uh, but I guess a character by the name of Toymaker, which I didn't know who this was. Yeah. Um, but Toymaker there starts basically much of what's messing with stuff. And they're like, hey, stop touching stuff. And Toymaker sees like this red cube. And basically he picks it up. And as soon as he picks it up, the Justice League shows up. Um, so this is Justice League without Superman because Supergirl told him like, hey, we got this. You take the night off. Yeah. Um, so basically they get to fighting. Explosions stuff happen, and then uh, Lex actually he uh, he picks up one of the boom tubes, and basically someone blows it up the boom tube up, I believe, and it basically teleports the Legion uh, to a whole other place. And then they they wake up in the forest. They don't even know where they're at, and then they immediately get attacked by a Skull Leader. I think that's the name of them. But basically, when we, in the Kong movies, the little little two handed, the little two legged things that like. Came and attacked Kong. It was like try to eat his brain. It was like yeah. or something. Um, and so they get immediately attacked by that. And then Kong shows up and immediately basically like takes down the skull leader. And so they're like, Well, what what's going on? We need to get out of here. And so um they see like a building, so they help her run there. 
And so while they're running there, a uh, gorilla Grodd basically sees Kong and he's like, yo, you're like a gorilla God. So he's like right. stood in there and awe and him and Kong almost have like some type of connection. And so the rest of them, they're like inside this building. And so like while they're inside this building, Toymaker like sees like um so like some electronic TVs and he just sees like all these different monsters, including like Godzilla, including like some other like other Godzilla universe, King Kong universe type monsters. And so he gets the idea of the deal, like, hey, I still have this red stone in my hand. He didn't know what it was. He's like, man, I really wish there was a way that we could take these monsters and bring them to our universe. And I guess the red stone he was holding was some type of wish thing because they granted him his wish. And then basically on the last panel, we see um, lo- uh, we see Superman just proposed. And now he immediately sees Godzilla in the background. He's like, hey, I got to go. So then the last panel we see is Godzilla. Uh, standing there and Superman heading towards him. That's the panel so, I saw. That that yeah. one got me excited. Yeah, yeah. So that was the very last panel. And I would definitely say like, so this has me excited for what's going to happen. Um, I would definitely say like this opening issue. It didn't like too much catch my eye, but it's also trying to set up. Um, right. like this one's just like really just like a setup issue. So I I think number two would be a really great one. Um, yeah. but if I had to rate this one, I'll probably give it like a seven. Like, gotcha. I think it could have been a little bit better. Um, but like I said, this was just like a setup issue, I feel like. Yeah, I guess you got to explain why all these people are in the same place. But um, that is cool, like a thought of like Gorilla Grodd and, um, you know what I mean? Kong, like Kong, having a yeah. connection. That's dope. Yeah, I'm curious to see where where that connection goes. Like, because yeah, Gorilla Grodd is like, yo, you're like a Gorilla God. Like, who are you? Right. And so, yeah, and he comes from yeah. a planet of, you know, gorilla so he's like but none of them were that you know that damn big so um no that sounds dope though and yeah it definitely superman would definitely like i gotta put in overtime clock in hours you know just to make sure i'm right for the make the day perfect for lois or whatever yeah yeah he was going hard going around the world just trying to make sure everything is good yeah um okay uh i'll mention the last one real quick uh, I've been reading, obviously, the Power Rangers series. Uh, they're on 113 now. It's called Necessary Evil. Or, I'm sorry, it's called Darkest Hour. Sorry. This is the run they're on right now. And um, it's essentially bringing in uh, one of the biggest villains in Power Rangers history. Uh, I'm trying to remember my dude's name. He was actually in the movie uh, in the 90s, Power Rangers uh, Turbo. Um, what's my dude's name? I was about to say, if it ain't Ivan Ooze, I definitely don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not Ivan Actually, Ivan Ooze has shown up in the comics before. Been actually kind of fired, too. Um, of course, the dude's not. Oh, I think it's, oh, yeah, Dark Spectre. Yeah. So they're bringing Dark Spectre, and Dark Spectre is one of the biggest. So basically, if for those who don't know, like Rita, Rita, Repulsa, Lord Zed, Diva Tox, Goldar, all of them are scared of Dark Spectre. Dark Spectre is like the big boss. Um, so all of them work for him, essentially. That's why Power Rangers in Space is so great, because you got to see all of them in a room and them like worshiping Dark Spectre. Um, so essentially, Dark Spectre is now back. Um, he's used Rita Repulsa, Master Vile, all these people. It's really not Rita, it's her body taken over by Master Vile, but um and he's taking it over and he's kind of infected the, the morphing grid. His goal, like so the morphing grid was kind of 
a nice way because they set it up to where Dark Spectre could never get in touch with it, could never interact with it. Like they kind of closed it off to him to where he could never touch it, get a hold of it. His whole goal was always to use the Morphin Grid because he understood how much power was in it. But they kind of sealed it off. Well, they had these master arcs, which were kind of like portal things they used. Those got broken. Those got, uh, and so Dark Spectre got to use his magic to infect the um, Morphin Grid. And so if if a Power Ranger was obviously regular, cool, whatever. But if he, if a if a Power Ranger then morphed, he would then be turned into basically a soldier for uh, Dark Spectre. So right now, Billy is trying to. Billy is like traveling. It's kind of cool. Billy is basically traveling through time, space, and the morphing grid to find different Power Rangers groups and like let them know. First of all, don't morph, and secondly. Uh, we need to figure this out. And he's basically using his smart brains to come up with different ways to figure it out. So uh, they're on 113 right now. I think 114 is coming out pretty soon. But, no, it's just been a fun, fun issue uh, to read. And so, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, my last one. Uh, this one was actually been a reread for me. Uh, mm-hmm. And this one is just called basically Origin Number 1. Um, and this is really the first time we ever get the true origin of Wolverine. Um, so this one is written by, I think it's Paul Jenkins. Uh, and yeah, Paul Jenkins and Joe Quesada. Joe Quesada used to be the head man back over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically with this this number one issue, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I like to leave some of it a little mystery. Because at this point, we did we never had the official... History of Wolverine. Like, what, mm-hmm. like if I ask you, what do you think Wolverine's real name is? What do you think his name is? Logan. That's not his real name. So we really? found out here where he actually got the name Logan from. He was actually born uh, James Howlett. Um, and so mm-hmm. with this first issue, we kind of see a young woman named Rose. Uh, she's also the redhead. This is mm-hmm. also this story also tells um, where he got his infection in infection in and infection. Yeah, uh, no, no, not infection, but like, uh, oh, I don't know, like he really likes a Jean Grey, the redhead. Oh, um, affection or affection yeah. for, yeah, 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 whatever. So yeah, this is this is where it all comes from. So he he sees a young woman named uh, Rose, and this Wolverine, this is Wolverine when he's a kid, and so he's very sick. So this is before like all his mutant abilities kick in. This is before puberty. This is for all of that. So like he, this dude's sick. Like he can't. He can barely go in the sun. He can barely touch water. Um, just this whole series, just this whole first issue, just deals with um, basically Rose, uh, James, who's Wolverine, and then another character by the name of Dog. Now, at this time, we don't know who Dog is. We just know him as Dog. We see that those three are friends, but also like Dog and Wolverine or James have like an uh, uh, they they like Rose, and mm-hmm. so Dog comes from like a poor side. They live at the bottom of the hill. Uh, Rose actually got brought in into this rich family. James' family is rich. And so she actually just got brought in to be basically James' friend while he's basically sick in bed all the time. And so with this first issue, we see kind of all three of them playing together. And we also see that um, the disparities between Dog and James, because Dog's dad is basically like, don't go mess with them rich people. We don't have time for them. They don't know what it's like to be us. And like, if you mess up, like you're going to look bad for me. And if you look bad at me, I'm just going to beat you. Mm-hmm. So we see that. And James is also like, 
hey, I want to be friends with Dog because Dog seems like a cool guy. I just really want to be around him. And Rose is like, well, I'm here for James, but also I have this mysterious kid, Dog, here. And so, like, towards the end of the issue, we see that um, Dog basically pushes James into the water. Mind you, James is, like, very ill. He can barely move, stuff like that. And he almost dies. And Rose gets in trouble because Rose is supposed to be watching James at all times. Dog gets in trouble by his dad for like a third time and through the issue. And basically at the end of the issue, we see dog getting his ass beat by his daddy. And I know, I know where this story ends up going, but like, I really, I like to keep this a mystery just because it was a mystery for us for a long time, but like how, who dog is, um, where James come from, how he got the name Logan. Um, I don't want to say where he got the name Logan from because it'll spoil it, but we, we finally see where he gets the name Logan from. We see where his love for red haired girls come from and kind of just the whole tragic backstory of, of Wolverine and how he ended up where he ended up at. Um, and so, yeah, this was, this was a big deal when it came out. Like I said, cause in the whole entire history of Wolverine and being alive, we had never got a backstory like this. And this was, hmm. I think this was like mid two thousands. And so oh, like real? from the time, yeah, from the time that he was created, which is back in what the 1980s, I believe, until now, like we had never had any backstory for him, true backstory. That's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. Origin number one, I it's a really good read. And they also came out with a second part of Origin. Um, that one picks up kind of a little bit right before he gets his metal claws put in. But oh, okay. yeah. Damn, okay. So that's all of them. Um, I'll definitely uh... rate this one. I would I would definitely rate this one like in this for, uh, first issue I would give it like a solid eight. It was a good setup issue, but the entire series as a whole definitely a ten. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Oh, I'll rate the. So I accidentally got that wrong. So Ranger Academy is not by Melissa Flores is the author of the Power Ranger main Power Rangers comic, but Ranger Academy is uh written by Maria Ingrade Mora. Um, and so just want to give her credit. Um, first issue, 10 out of 10. First issue was, was, it felt like I was watching Star Wars. It felt like, I don't know. It just, for a brand new fresh, uh, um, I mean, uh, issue two, I'll probably give it eight. Wasn't as much going on, but again, the the writing was top tier. The, the, um, the visuals was top tier. So yeah, I'll give it an eight. What was your, what about your first one? Uh, Predator vs. Wolverine, I'm definitely giving that one nine. That was okay. a great first issue. Gotcha. Huh? So, okay. Um, so you want to go over your quick three right quick? Yeah. Um, so I have Rangers Academy, uh, issue one and two. Um, again, by Maria and Grady Mora. Number two was Transformers number one by Daniel Warren Johnson. Number three, Power Rangers uh, number 113 by Melissa Flores. Okay. Um, and then I had uh, Predator versus Wolverine number one by Benjamin Percy. I had Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong number one by Brian Busalento. And then I had uh, o- Origin number one by Paul Jenkins. So, yeah, that's nice. that one. And um, if people definitely want to, you know, get at us, uh, let us know what comics you're reading. Hit us up on social media, League of Melanated Gentlemen. Um, that's where you can find us at on any of the social platforms. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we out. We out. Yeah.